Whittier, what is going on? Welcome back to the My Whittier Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Reese, longtime Whittier resident and self-proclaimed foodie. I thought it would be fun to give you a local's perspective on the city of Whittier, California, the city we all call home on this podcast. We celebrate Whittier's past, present, and future. We champion small business, and we embrace community. Thank you for joining me. This is the first show of 2023. We upload our podcast episodes every Wednesday. That's the goal this year, every Wednesday. And uh, today is no different. It's a gloomy and rainy day here in Whittier, California. I have been loving this weather this winter. It has been absolutely fantastic. And uh, I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that your New Year's was uh, happy and healthy. And I actually uh, had a great New Year's Eve with family at Stein. We had an early, uh, I guess you could say late lunch, three o'clock. It was perfect. We were there for about uh, two and a half, three hours, and we had great meals with uh, great company, and it was absolutely fantastic. I woke up with no hangover. I didn't drink at all, and um, I was really happy with that. You know, you start your new year with no hangover, clear head, and you're ready to tackle the world. Now, um, I wouldn't say that I have any New Year's resolutions. We've been talking about that leading up to uh, the new year. And a lot of people really don't like to, to make New Year's resolutions. They say, why would you have to make a New Year's resolution to change yourself or, or create new habits? And I guess that's true. I mean, for me, the end of the year kind of just marks the end of the year and I kind of do an assessment on the entire year. It's not really making New Year's resolutions. It's kind of assessing the year I had, what I could do better, making a plan to make that better. And that's kind of uh, that's kind of the headspace I'm in right now. So that's kind of that's all it is. But um, I have some big plans and I'm hoping that I can uh, no, I'm not hoping I can. I am going to fulfill all of those goals. So looking forward to that. Hopefully you are too. And I appreciate you guys. If you're returning listeners, uh, I appreciate you. If you're a new listener, thanks for giving me a shot. We are talking nothing but Whittier here, or I would say 99% of the time it's Whittier based. It's a Whittier based podcast, super niche down. And, um, we're not trying to be this large podcast consumed by the masses. This is just a small local podcast. And it's about the city of Whittier, just like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So if that is your cup of tea, please grab a chair, sit down, or maybe you're in your car driving home. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you are at home and it's a uh, cold outside. You're kind of just chilling out on the couch, listening to the podcast. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. And of course, we got to shout out everybody listening outside of the city of Whittier, California. Like I always say, your heart is here in Whittier, but you're not, and you're listening. And I appreciate you guys as well. And before I forget, a huge shout out and thank you to everybody who was lighting fireworks, uh, exploding sticks of dynamite, shooting guns in the air on New Year's Eve in the neighborhood. I really appreciate it. My dog loves you. 
the whole neighborhood is loving you guys. And um, even though it was pouring rain, you found a way to get out there and do your thing, put, putting in work. So thank you for that. Um, also, you can follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We just dropped a YouTube video, My Whittier TV. Please subscribe to the channel. We're having a good time there, and we're going to try and be – no, not going to try. We are going to be regular on YouTube. So more videos coming. We just uh, did a video on Sears and the Whitwood Mall, kind of just, you know, putting our feelers out there, seeing what's going on in the community. And uh, there has been talk about, you know, them renovating and maybe building housing or doing some other things. So we will see how that goes. We talked about that in a previous podcast, but you could check the visuals out on YouTube. And like I said, if you subscribe to the channel, I would really appreciate it. And the reason why you want to follow the socials for my Whittier is because everything kind of blends together here. we got the podcast, we got the YouTube channel, we got the social media outlets, and a lot of the things that we discuss kind of go hand in hand. And one of those things was the uh, Golden Star Donuts Reel that I did on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Uh, Golden Star Donuts is located at 10255 Kalima Road, Whittier, California, 90603, and it's on Lambert and Kalima. Um, it's a little strip mall there, and they're actually renovating it. It looks really good. So if the uh, the owner of that property is out there, it looks really good, man. I like it. Uh, the signs are brand new, and it's coming along nicely. But uh, my point of bringing that up was Golden Star Donuts was robbed right before Christmas. They were held up. The window was broken. The armed gunman came in, took the register, took all the money, and, of course, scared the but Jesus out of these poor people that own the donut shop, they're traumatized, they're scared and everything was taken from them right before Christmas. So um, I, w I didn't have a chance to get there soon after, but I did get there uh, after Christmas and I popped in for some donuts and I was doing a little quick little film, you know, a little reel and the owner came out and was asking me what I was doing and stuff like that. Obviously, he was scared. He doesn't know what's going on. And I just told him, hey, man, I'm just here to add some support. I'm going to do a quick little, you know, video. I do the Whittier thing. And he was like, okay, I kind of, you know, put him at ease. But I could totally understand um, how traumatizing something like that. Well, actually, I can't understand it, but I can only imagine what it was like to go through that. And it's, it's just, it's always the nicest people that these criminals take advantage of and it's it's sad it really is sad but a lot of you after watching the reel and, and finding out the story did go down there and support and you're still going down there and supporting and i'm going to do the same it's just uh, a great way to give back um you know you just buy a couple of dozen donuts or one donut or two donuts or a sandwich or, or whatever you have you know a drink coffee and support them because they deserve it that Nobody deserves to go through that. So Golden Star Donuts on Kalima and Lambert. Go check them out and uh, show them some love, some community love. I think they would really appreciate that. Also, the owners of Bricks and Mini Figs in Whittier uh, sent me a message, and they are coming soon, 15334 Whittier Boulevard. They buy your Legos, do birthday parties, and more. 
uh, these are friends of mine and i'm hoping that um when they get a little bit closer they said they're going to open up in february um hopefully when they get closer we'll have them on the show or we'll do kind of a youtube video introducing them to the city of whittier but there is a lot of lego fans out there a lot of lego fanatics and um, you guys are doing some amazing things i actually almost bought a bunch of legos uh, at a thrift store recently but they were priced a little bit too high and i really don't know anything about vintage legos current legos anything like that so i got to do my homework but um it sounds like a really cool idea and i know that there's a few in arizona currently but you can follow them on instagram to stay up on the news and it is bricks and mini figs whittier i actually just shared the post on my page so you can or on my feed so you can go there and check it out but they are coming soon and everybody's really excited and uh, i'm looking forward to that okay so i was contacted by dial a ride you guys remember dial a ride or have you heard of dial a ride well uh, rachel over at dial a ride wanted me to get the word out to anybody that could use this service here in whittier california so uh, it's for seniors and disabled individuals of any age within the city limits of whittier now there is a registration process and you would have to show proof of residency here in Whittier because um, it's only a Whittier service and uh, proof of a medical disability. If you are um, medically disabled, you want to show proof of that as well. But you could go to uh, the city of Whittier. You can go to City Hall. You can go to the community center over at Parnell Park or Palm Park and grab the handbook and register for this great service. And um, usually you need maybe a couple of weeks reservation to, if you need to go somewhere, you just call up, make your reservation in advance so there's no hiccups there. Uh, the same day stuff is really difficult to get. So you wanna make sure and plan your rides in advance. Uh, but yeah, go down and fill out all of the paperwork. I think there's even a link on the City of Whittier website that you can go to and download that paperwork as well. But if you have a family member or you yourself needs help getting around and you need some somebody to take you somewhere, please uh, check it out and um, use Dial-A-Ride because it's out there for you. They say that um, they are busy, but they could always take more people and help you out. So Dial-A-Ride is available here in Whittier. Check it out. Okay, so we uh, posted the other day about the uh, Founders Memorial Park and where the headstones ended up out in Acton. And uh, that post got a lot of people talking. A lot of people didn't know that uh, there was bodies still over at Founders Memorial Park. But we'll get into that in a minute. I got a special guest and uh, I'm really happy to have him here. Whittier local, Javier Servin. And uh, he has the Instagram page that you guys saw recently, Californography, a.k.a. Foo Hauser. Javier, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. How are you, man? Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you here. I wanted to get an expert on the, uh, or, you know, somebody that did the research on Founders Memorial Park with me today. But... Um, 
before we get started, I just wanted to talk about your Instagram page, man, because uh, I love it. It's it's really cool, and I love the deep dives that you do, and you do a lot of research, not just in Whittier, but you're all over the place. How did uh, how'd you get started, man? Yeah, man. Well, again, thanks for having me on here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I have always been interested in, in history, uh, California history. Uh, I know most of us that went to school here in, in California remember in the fourth grade, we all had to do a, a mission uh, project. Um, that was our California history. And um, I was fascinated um, by the the Chumash uh, uh, people in Santa Barbara. And so that kind of sparked my interest in, in local history because that was the first time I had ever heard about the indigenous people here. So that kind of got me, you know, wanting to research a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, throughout high school, was, was always big into history. And actually, when I went away to college, I majored in history uh, with a, with my focus being on California history. So actually, my thesis was on uh, a rebellion that happened in Mission San Jose, uh, led by this uh, native uh, leader called, uh, well, his, the name that the, that they baptized him with was Estanislao, was Stanislaus. And that's what the, there's a county up in the Central Valley named Stanislaus County. And it's named after him because that, that's where he had his uh, um, his rebellion against the, the Mission San Jose. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, I got a master's degree in archive studies. So I work in an archive. So you can basically say, like my wife says, uh, I like boring stuff. <laughs> you know, so history, archives, uh, libraries, all that kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of Hugh Hauser. So uh, last year, um, I watched every single episode of California's Gold. Uh, visiting anything Hugh Hauser, and that got me kind of thinking. I'm like, you know what? Like, I I I do all this uh, sort of research on my own. I, I bore my wife with my little lectures whenever we go somewhere where I'm like, hey, did you know that this was here? Did you know that, that was there? And she told me, hey, why don't you turn that into like a creative outlet, you know, and, and start you know posting videos about it or Instagram uh, pictures of posts or whatever. Uh, and that got me going. And um, we moved to Whittier last year, um, so of course I had to like learn about Whittier history, you know. And so I, I kind of started learning about. Um, you know, the, you go in, I've been to the Whittier Museum, so you learn about the, um, you know, from the, the Keech or the Tongva people here through the Spanish ranchos, through the Mexican ranchos, through the Quakers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in doing that, I learned about Founders Memorial Park. And, and that story uh, was was pretty, like, wild. it was wild to me. And so I, I knew I was like, I need to, like, do a little more research. And, and that happened to be the first video I ever made. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. The audio was pretty terrible. The editing was kind of, you know, all, all out of whack. So when you posted the story uh, updating about what happened to the Stones, I went back and fixed that video, uh, fixed the audio, and, and reposted it because I was like, uh, you know, this this is this is a story that um, deserves better audio. And so I fixed the audio and, and, and reposted it. Yeah, we all appreciate that, man. So you binge-watched Hauser and got your mojo with that. That's pretty cool. And then... Uh, What's refreshing about what you do is because we live in a day and age of zero research. You know, people are just hitting up Wikipedia and then uh, spewing off facts. And, uh, you know, it goes off as factual when people do that. People think, okay, that's what that's what happens. And then more and more misinformation kind of gets spread. But what I like about you, you really dig in and do uh, your research so that's why you're a trusted, trusted resource right now when we're talking about Founders Memorial Park. Now, so tell me, tell me, uh, when did Founders Memorial Park start? When did that happen? <clears throat> so, like, the, from the research uh, that I did, uh, it was started in the late 1880s. Um, they think that the, 
from the records that they have that the first burial happened sometime in like 1888 is, is when they think the first burial happened. But it's possible that stuff that um, there was burial, burials prior to that, there's no records of. Uh, but yeah, it was founded in the late 1880s by Willet Dorland. Um, and those of you that are here in Whittier know there's a, there are streets named after Dorland. There's Dorland Street right right behind Founders Memorial Park. There's a Dorland Avenue. So, um, and actually, the Dorland family house is right next to the cemetery. Still, there's like a um, a house there with a with a barn, um, and then that was the Dorland house. Um, I think it, I think it was on on Pickering Avenue before, and then they moved it there sometime when um, his daughter was was alive. I think. Um, but yeah, so um, he found the cemetery in the, in the 1880s. Um, Citrus Avenue was actually called Cemetery Avenue um, when he incorporated the cemeteries. Um, yeah, so he had, um, I believe the first cemetery was um, was Broadway and then Mount Olive right across the street. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, he opened up the cemetery. Um, he was a caretaker while he was alive. Um, his daughter took over as caretaker after he passed away. Um, and then after she she passed away, um, it sort of fell into disrepair. Like it was like there was nobody to to take over the caretaking of the cemetery. Um, so then in the the late fifties, um, you know the the city um, declared it a nuisance. Basically, it was like you know it was overgrown. People were vandalizing the stones. Um, there was even um, there had even been some like recent recent burials around that time. Um, but yeah, the, the city basically said this is a nuisance we're gonna like we're gonna they stopped all burials and they spent you know 10 years basically trying to like decide what they were gonna do you know with with the cemetery so was it gated off at that point or yeah, yeah. they they erected a fence to try to keep vandals out but um you know we were all teenagers once you know you jump fence you know that kind of stuff so it, it continued to happen so they they decided that that they were going to turn it into a, a park now, uh, Dorland, so was he, was there any other significance from him or is he just the guy that started the cemetery? That's all I could find, um, I, I, on, on Willett Dorland was just that, you know, he, um, and actually I don't even know the reasoning why he, um, he wanted to have a cemetery or be in charge of that cemetery there. Um, it's pretty cool. I was able to find a map from the LA County public works that, that lists like the cemeteries and his name on there. And, and, you know, when he put in that request, um, but other than that, I haven't done too much of a deep dive into Willett Dorland. Um, there might be more information on him. Um, we, uh, shout out to the Whittier Museum or the Whittier Public Library. I'm sure they have information on, on that. Um, but I, I wasn't. I didn't do too much of a deep, deep dive on, on him. Um, but uh, yeah, he, for whatever reason, he decided he wanted to have a cemetery there. So the cemetery closed. It was a nuisance. And then at what point did they start to? I don't want to say excavate but start to remove bodies and and you know place them elsewhere how did that all go down so they, <clears throat> so his daughter um uh Artelisa Dorland passed away in 1940 um and then the city started um declared declared the cemeteries a nuisance and closed them in 1959 and they spent the next 10 years trying to contact the surviving family members um they knew they were going to remove the headstones and they were reaching out to family um, to see if they wanted to have their family members moved. Um, from the research that I've done, um, there was a um, somebody that was an assistant uh, city manager around the time. Um, his name was um, N. Keith Abbott. Um, and he said that when he was the assistant city manager, um, he knew that about like maybe six to 12 bodies were moved. So out of everybody that was buried there, it, it's only a handful of 
people that were actually moved. So um, I, I, the Whittier Museum has a list of everybody that's buried there and also what happened to the remains. Um, and looking at that document, I, was on, I, I only saw two names, two, three names that were moved to Rose Hills. And then the other, the other uh, remains were moved elsewhere. But out of like the 2,400 names that they have listed uh, on that document at the Whittier Museum, um, only about like less than 20 were actually moved. So everybody that was buried there is still there. Wow. That's incredible. Now, when I was growing up in the 80s, um, that was called, we would call it Dead Man's Park. And for a lot of a lot of Whittier locals, that's still what it is called. But um, someone actually reached out to me. Uh, it was a lady. And she has some family that's buried there. And um, she appreciated the research and all the stories that were going around and stuff like that. But the thing that she did not appreciate was, you know, us calling it Dead Man's Park, which I could totally understand because, um, you know, she just took offense to it because she has family there and stuff like that. So I completely understand. And that's why I decided to stop calling it that, even though that was the park that, you know, that's what we called it. That's what it was. We were raised on that, which is like meet at Dead Man's Park and stuff like that. But um I could totally understand the sentiment, and uh, so I'm not going to call it that anymore. It's Founders Memorial Park, and um, so there's there's two parks, and so it's that's your uh, your video had mentioned the original pathways uh, of the cemetery. What's up with that? Yeah, <clears throat> so when they when they paved actually a lot of the trees, and the pathways are original to the cemetery. So. The trees, a lot of the trees that are there are original when it was a cemetery. And then they basically took the dirt pathways and they just paved over them. So the pathways that are there are the original ones from the cemetery. Um, and, you know, they have the uh, the same flow as, as it did back then. They, they try to, um, even though technically they did disturb, you know, the resting place because obviously they removed the headstones, they covered it up with field dirt and they opened the park. Um, they turned it into what they call a quiet park. So that's why if, if anybody has been there notices, there's no bathrooms, there's no water fountains, there's no playground, there's there's no barbecues, you know. There's there's a couple of like uh, benches and stuff like that, but other than that, it's 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 supposed to be like a, a quiet place of reflection. So they they tried to keep it as respectful as possible. I've never seen anybody playing soccer there or anything like that. But obviously, people that don't know what's underneath there, even though the, you know there are monuments there, you know they might take their dog, the kid, play ball or whatever. But they were they they did try to keep it. Um, the, the amenities there to a minimum on purpose because they wanted it to be a quiet park. Yeah, and it's funny that you say that because um, I every time I go there, I, it's one of my favorite parks. You know, I, I don't get creeped out like a lot of people do. A lot of people are like, no, it's it's haunted or it's it's scary there. That's you know, whatever their reasoning is behind it. But I actually uh, find it a peaceful park. I actually like to go there and do exactly what you said reflect and um you know it's kind of cool because you know the people that were here so many many years ago are still there and you're kind of the living you're part of the living and you're there reflecting you know and kind of uh enjoying the park uh, as a beautiful park it's one of the most you know beautiful parks that we have or both of them and so i i find a lot of uh peace when I go there so I could understand that other people don't find it that way but I actually do the thing that I do find 
incredibly ironic is the fact that, you know, the bodies were moved, or actually the bodies stayed there, the headstones were moved to Acton, and we just found out about that, or I just found out about that a while ago, and um, I posted that story as well. But the fu- the funny thing that that's ironic is you go to Acton, and all of these beautiful headstones are there from Whittier's past, and you can walk around freely without disturbing anybody. So when I was raised, how I was raised is you don't walk on, on, on somebody's grave. You know what I'm saying? You don't walk on the, on the body, so to so speak. Right. So over there you could walk freely because there's no bodies there, but then you go to Whittier and there's no, there's no headstones, but you could, you're walking on bodies actually. So it's just incredibly ironic. Uh, so when did the, when did that happen? When did that face happen? When the, when the tombstones got moved, how did that go down? Yeah. So, so right after the, um, Right before they opened up the cemetery, they, they removed all the stones, um, and they kind of bounced around for a bit. Um, at one point, they were housing them at the, uh, shout out to another great museum here in Whittier, the Pio Pico um, house uh, off of the 605 freeway. Um, and they were, they were, they were basically paying this to pay to store them there. And uh, after a while, they brought them back to the museum, and they were actually stacked up uh, behind the museum. And they were, they were trying to see if they might be able to find um, like a, a repurposed project for them. Um, but it was a lot of years of just kind of like not being able to like figure out what, what are we going to do? Huge undertaking too. I mean, these are, these are, I mean, tons and tons of weight brick, you know? Yeah, I know. And, and, um, I think, I believe it was around 2015, um, when they were approached by, by the person in Acton, this private, uh, owner, um, basically, uh, I don't know what, what he said he was going to use the stones for or what kind of sort of transaction uh, happened, but um, he took the stones um, at his cost. So basically, you know, he, he was paying, you know, for the removal of the stones and to take, take ownership of the stones and move them. Um, and, you know, for, for the museum, you know, that had been a safety hazard, you know, it was taking up space. So um, they, he, he moved those, those stones and um, the museum kept 10 significant, like historically significant stones there. Um, one of the ones that I like to point out to people is uh, uh, the stone of uh, his name. They call his nickname was Greek George. Um, his name is George uh, Carambolo, I believe. He was a, a Greek immigrant. Uh, well, they say he was a Greek immigrant, but at the time, um, the actual like place where he was born like escapes me. But um, during the Civil War, uh, the United States experimented with using camels um, for the Civil War for like transporting, um, like. Uh, you know, transporting goods, and he was one of the camel, like, um, uh, he, he was one of the camel trainers that was brought out here, and so, uh, you know, he came here, he ended up becoming an American citizen, and he passed away, and he's, he had no family next of kin, so he's still at Founders Memorial Park. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, there's probably so many stories like that, so many amazing stories of people that have lived here, and um, they have a story to tell. And as far as the guy that took those headstones at his own cost and moved them out to Acton, apparently he was trying to display those on his property out there to stop a train, uh, a train project. Is that what the deal is? Yeah. So um, the people in Acton, one like you know, one day out of the blue, started noticing this graveyard in this property, and it was right around the time that they were discussing um, the high-speed rail project that was going to you know run through that property. And 
you know, I guess the the property is zoned for agriculture. So technically, if it, ha- if it had had a, a graveyard there, it it was zoned for that. I, I, apparently, if you have if it's zoned for agriculture, it's zoned for for graveyards or, or like old sort of like legacy graveyards. Um, but you know, we, we live in the age of technology. Uh, Google Street Views. You can look up what something looked like a few years ago. So people were going in there like, no man, like these stones that are here were not there a few years ago on, on Google Street View. And the guy was basically saying, oh no, I was clearing out my 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 the brush and I came upon the stones. And then finally, um, a news reporter, it might have been NBC Four or, or the NBC affiliate up there, um, they got him to admit that you know the the, the stones are real. But there is no graveyard here, um, and apparently he he was trying to stall, or trying trying to impede or protest the high speed rail coming through the, through his property. So he's trying to say, oh, there's a graveyard here. You can't you know run, uh, you know, a high speed rail through here, you know. And, and so that and so that that's sort of like where those stones are at are at now. You know, um, the article that you had shared, um, uh, I believe it's the blog called Atomic Redhead. Um, she did like a photo essay about that um there's a lot of beautiful markers that are out there um i looked i looked up and the last i read was that you can actually there he has like a sign up and for like a few bucks you can go and tour the you know quote unquote graveyard by yourself and walk around and and see those stones yeah my niece actually shout out to mandy and avi uh yeah they went out there and and they were looking at the gravestones and a lot of them were from whittier and so it's that kind of she didn't really know the history and she actually sent me that article and was like look all these people are from Whittier out here and these are the headstones um so he had an agenda obviously to to kind of stall the railroad um but I actually I mean I wouldn't I don't condone that or anything like that but I actually like the fact that they are on display somewhere you know it's like it's kind of nice to know that they are out there and they are you know, living on, I guess you could say, and people can go view them and stuff because it's, uh, it's almost a way to, uh, honor, honor the people that are here in Whittier. But even though their, their headstones are out there, at least they're not stacked up somewhere and, you know, collecting dust, you know? Yeah, no. And actually a couple people commented on the video and said that they actually had some of the stones in their front yard or knew somebody that had some of the oh, stones yeah, in their front yard. Oh, yeah, I did yard. see that. You're right, yeah. And and that so I, I don't know if at some point they either, um, you know, when they was being torn down, if they took them or they were offered them or, you know, you know if you wanted and if it was like a family member and they, they took possession and somehow just got passed on. But yeah, there was a, quite a few people that say that they have they have some of the markers in their yeah, front yard. I did yards. see that. That's pretty, that's pretty cool, actually. I, I think that... Um, you know, as long as the body didn't come with it, you know, you could have it at your house and have it at your front yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But um, yeah, that's that's super cool, man. It's just a, it's just an amazing story, and just another reason why I love the city of Whittier. And um, it's just so many so many stories, so many weird little things that happen here, and um, something like that pops up, and uh, I just appreciate these stories, man. So maybe maybe one day you'll deep dive into some of those people that were buried there and find out, you know, who they were, what was going on. Yeah, no, definitely. Because some, some of those last names that are there are like, <clears throat> you know, last names that are on street names and, you know, buildings and things like that. So, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a, uh, even though I've only been here a year, I consider myself a, a, a Whittier, Whittierite. 
Or yeah, man. Know? If you're here one yeah. day, if you live here and you and you've lived here one day, you're you're part of the family. I mean, I got my I got my cat patch shirt on. Yeah, right there you go. Here, so <laughs> you know, I, I so yeah, at least you know, not not just old history, but even re- recent history. You know, I'm trying to trying to ingrain myself into the Whittier community. I I I, I think I you know when we were shopping around to buy a house, uh, I I came across your channel and. You were a big part of convincing us to come here to Whittier, man. Like, you know, it's just, just all the positive light that you shine on on the community and not just the food places, but just, you know, all the small businesses, um, the events that go on. You know, I, I, I think you're like the, you know, the unofficial, official, like, ambassador of Whittier. I appreciate that, man. You know, and so, um, yeah, so you convinced us to, you know, to, to come out here. And ever since we've been here, we, we love it. I love the history here, the people um, you know the neighborhood, um, and just, yeah, it's just it's just a great place to be. Yeah, it, it really is, and it's centrally located so that you could do your thing. You know, you were at the Pasadena Rose Parade, you were also uh, you went to Felipe's not too long ago, and so um, it's centrally located for you to do your adventures. What other what other uh, videos did you do, man? Yeah, I mean, because I'm here in SoCal, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, Southern California, you know, content. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, basically anything that I've had a lot of interest in, I was like, let me let me do a deep dive on this. So, one of the things I've been I'm obsessed with is like all the old animal farms we used to have here uh, in Southern California. So I did a video of the El Monte Lion Farm. Oh yeah. Um, and the, the kind of videos I do, I like to do videos where you can actually still go, and either see the building or like a plaque or something that like is like they call that history of place. Like it's like a place where you can sort of go and feel the history. Right. So, uh, founders Memorial park, obviously the, 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 the plaques are there that the monuments, um, in El Monte, they have, uh, they have a lion, a lion statue out where the lion farm used to be. Um, so, I, so I did a video on that. Um, there was a, an ostrich farm out in South Pasadena that I was obsessed with also that I went to go, um, you know, do research on, um, the Cabazon dinosaurs on the way to Palm Springs. Um, I've always been fascinated with those, so I did a video on that. Um, Vandekamps. Vandekamps is one of the things I used to love as a kid. You know, for my birthday, get a, a chocolate cake from you know from Ralph's. Yeah. Uh, Vandekamps. Um, so uh, I, I did a little history about uh, about Vandekamps. Um, the McDonald's that's in Downey. You know, that's the old. Everyone thinks some people say that's the first McDonald's. The first McDonald's in San Bernardino. Um, but the oldest existing McDonald's is the one in, in Downey, um, and and that and that one um, was actually the third McDonald's that was ever opened, um, and so that's why it looks so cool. So I did a little history on that. So basically, I've, anything that that catches my fancy that I've been sort of like you know fascinated by, I've, I'm doing a you know sort of a deep dive on that. Um, so there's so much history here in 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 Southern California, but I didn't want to limit myself to just one specific like place. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been I've, so far I've done videos in Orange County, San Bernardino County, uh, a lot here in LA County, um, Riverside, uh, San Bernardino. Uh, I I don't think I've done uh, one yet, um, but uh, yeah, man, I'm working my way through. You know, every, I, I'm doing this on my own dime. You know, so it's one yeah, of those I feel things, you on you know? that. I feel you, man. <laughs> So, but, um, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Cause it, it, you know, like I said, it, it, um, it's a creative outlet for me. Um, I, and when I was started doing it, I didn't think anybody would care. And the fact that there's so many people that, um, you know, the, the internet could be a very toxic place and luckily it hasn't been that way. Um, so far for me, um, every, it, it's been a pretty positive, like, uh, you know, feedback. I mean, you do have the occasional like troll comments or, you know, whatever, but, uh, the feedback has been good and, and I enjoy it. And as long as people, you know, I, as long as it doesn't feel like a job to me, I'm still going to keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm just glad that, you know, um, 
people are watching and, and they care about it, you know? Well, absolutely. Where can we find you on Instagram and uh, YouTube, man? Yeah, so I have a, a on Instagram and TikTok, uh, Californiography. So basically it's a C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-O, Griffey, G-R-A-P-H-Y. Or you can also just look up Foo Hauser. Uh, I should pop up if you if you look up Foo Hauser on Instagram or TikTok. I, I should love pop that up. name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I picked it. You know, it's, so somebody called me that one time um, I, on on Instagram, and I, I went with it. But I like it because you know, like I consider myself, you know, a fool. You know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a homie. I'm I'm a <laughs> you know I'm friendly. You know, because yeah. I, I grew up in I grew up in Southeast LA. You know, I grew mm-hmm. up in in Huntington Park, and you you would call your friends homies and fools and that yeah. kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, fool. You know, because I'm I. I I consider myself a friendly person. Yeah. And then Hauser, because that's, you know, the uh, homage to the to the goat. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Heel Hauser. But, yeah, if you look up Fu Hauser on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, you should be able to find me or, you know, Californiography. Um, but if you Google Fu Hauser, I, sh- I should be the first one to pop up. Cool, man. So uh, make sure and follow my man, Fu Hauser. And, uh, yeah, man, just a quick little thing that you did touch on. Um, you started your channel and you started your Instagram feed and all that. And you did it because you wanted a creative outlet and you didn't want to start something for monetary reasons. Now, I always tell a lot of people that, you know, it's like when you start something, you start it because you love it. Start doing something that you love, create it, and don't think about the back end of how it's going to benefit you monetarily. Don't start doing stuff for money. You do it for the love. And um, if that happens for you down the road, that's cool. But you always want to create and I always say, you know, if one person sees it or a thousand people, it, it's all relative. You know, that one person that feels it, it's still it's still somebody, you know. And, and right now, this this podcast we're doing, we're re- revitalizing, reviving it. I've been on and off, on and off, but we're trying to stick with it and do it once a week. And um, I'm doing it for the people that want to hear it. You know, and if you don't, that's cool. And if it stays small, that's I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with it. It's just another creative outlet to be able to shine a light on the Whittier community, talk to people like you, and um, give them a boost and and let people know uh, what's out there here in the city of Whittier, man. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have you on again, and uh, maybe I'll take you on one of my food adventures. Do a little collaboration on YouTube or something. Down I'm down and it's on the record now that you offered it so yeah man can't yeah. go back hold me to it hold me to it <laughs> but thank you man we'll talk to you soon and I appreciate it thank you big thank you to Javier aka Foo Hauser uh, make sure and give him a follow the guy's legit and he does a really good job with his videos follow him on Instagram and YouTube he was telling me about some of his upcoming videos and I'm really excited about that. But uh, he really puts in the work. He actually does this for a living, not not the Instagram stuff, but he he actually works for an archive uh, company. I'm not going to tell you which company it is. I'm not sure if that was cool with him, but uh, he actually does it for a living. So he is an expert in that area, and he is going to leave no stone unturned when he throws down his video. So thank you. For coming on the My Whittier Show, My Whittier Podcast. I'm looking forward to hooking up with him again and uh, collabing some more.
All right, guys, there it is. The first episode of 2023 is in the books. Uh, This would be, we'll call this season four, episode one. We upload every Wednesday. Make sure and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, If you head over to YouTube and watch those videos, make sure and subscribe to the channel. I would really appreciate it. If you want to leave me some feedback on this podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash mywittier and interact with me there. You could also send me direct messages on any social media platform that I'm on. I would really appreciate it because I want to make this podcast tailor-made for you the wittier listener. So make sure and do that for me. I'd really appreciate it. And until next time, guys, I will catch you on the My Whittier podcast. Thanks for joining me. See you soon.